It's hard to balance life and a full-time job and still enjoy the things in your life you're passionate about. If you're passionate sports, every Monday and Thursday, join me as we talk about the day's biggest sports topics, the previews, game analysis, the infusion of music and sports, and rumors in the sports world. If you love sports and want a new, fresh perspective from a sports podcast, this is the show for you. I'm your host, Keith Johnson, and this is Sports Fans Only. Now let's talk some damn sports. Welcome back to another episode of Sports Fans Only, brought to you by Anchor FM. I'm your host, Keith Johnson, alongside my man, Sean Mack. What's good, Sean? A little depressed, but we moving on in life. <laughs> I think we both got a dosage of that uh, that depression, considering what went down this past weekend. I'm, I'm in a foul mood all the way around, because me and you already talked, so you know not only did my Patriots, it seems like the dynasty's over. Pretty much feels like Brady's probably about to move on. On top of all that stuff, I was still in a great mood this morning. But how a few hours can change things drastically. Now, I ordered this uh, Rodecaster Pro. And by all counts, it's going to enhance this show by leaps and bounds. It's supposed to be the most high-tech podcast machine of all time. If you, if you haven't got a chance, go to YouTube, uh, YouTube it, and you'll see what I mean. But um, So I ordered it over with my friends at AmericanMusical.com, and that's another place. If you're trying to build a studio or anything like that, check them out. Any podcasts, uh, instruments, or any, anything that you need, uh, check them out. But um, I bought this beautiful piece of equipment, so I'm excited about getting it, opening it up, and playing with all the features and stuff like that. So basically, FedEx... They damn me. They, they, I don't know. They put it on the wrong truck or they did something stupid. So basically, I didn't get my machine today like I was supposed to. So that combined with the whole Patriots thing, and I'm just not a happy camper. So it is what what's, it is. What's crazy is I, you know, I kind of expected the Patriots not to make it this year. But, and I think you can say that as well because I've heard you say it, said it on the show. But uh, I don't think no one in the world was expecting the Saints to lose to the Vikings. But the Vikings' defense played well. Drew didn't play as well. Questionable calls from Sean Payton that we'll get into later and discuss. But, you know, I'm still feeling well. LSU still could win. Uh, next Monday, we still could win that game. And you know how I am. Any day that Brady's out, especially in the first round, I don't even know what that's about. I don't even know how that feels. But I can say right now, it feels pretty great. But I still have a heavy heart for my boys in in, in, in uh, New Orleans because that might be it for us. Because they're both a free agents, and we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah, we're going to talk about the whole free agency thing coming up in the next segment. Talk about the free agency thing and the uh, Dallas hire of... Uh, what's, his, what's his name, Sean? I always forget his name. Ooh. McCarthy, to right? To attack no, 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 no. McCarthy, yeah, they hired McCarthy. Yeah, McCarthy. For the Cowboys. So, yeah, so I was just saying yeah. the next, next segment, we're going to talk about him, and we'll talk about Breeze and Brady. Uh, we got a lot of other things on the menu. We got Tua Tagliavoa. We got a little um, Jadavion Clowney and whether or not uh, people think that was a cheap hit. You think that was a cheap hit? Did you see it? I, I don't think it was cheap. I don't think it was dirty. I think it was cheap, though. 
yeah, I don't think he had to do what he did. And I do think, I'm not saying he was trying to hurt him, but I think he wanted him to feel that hit. I definitely, I don't think he, it was just, you know, as accidental as he said it was. You know how sometimes when you play football, you're actually trying to make the other dude feel pain. And football players, if they tell you otherwise, they're lying. So I think he wanted him to feel that hit, but I don't think he was trying to like really injure him. I think he was trying to hurt him though. I think he wanted him to feel the pain, but I guess, I don't know. We'll talk about more, uh, more of that later on. And we got a little Vince Carter. Can you believe he's been playing for 40, well, not 40 years, four decades. He's the first NBA player to touch four different decades, which is absolutely amazing. Um, I don't know if you knew that, Sean, but. I did, I did. They have kids that are like 20-something years old. from when He's playing with people that weren't even born when he uh, played, when he first started. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's just crazy. Him, Brady, and who else? There's another 40-something-year-old. I don't know. Is it baseball or is it, uh, I think it might be, is it baseball? I don't know. There's another 40-year-old. They were talking about how they're just doing these crazy things at these crazy ages. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that later on. Um, we're going to hop into a little bit of music, and uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. I'm Chicks down in Texas, all the way to New Orleans, where the girls cook catfish. And in LA, every chick's an actress. Hollywood status with the shaded glasses. To Detroit, yeah, the place that I rest, where the ladies got asses and la la sex. And Hot Atlanta, y'all, it's one of the best. Where they speak Southern slang and smoke lasses. And New York women are way too fresh. Too much on your mind. Let me ease that stress. I wish you all were mine. It's so selfish. Maybe I'm feeling myself too much, I guess. Why? To my ladies all across the globe. In small towns that I don't even know. No. To all local international code. Whether you see me in streets or catch me at shows. I'm calling. Yeah, maybe I'm selfish. I want you to myself. I can't help it. Oh my, yeah, maybe I'm selfish. You're my ladies and I can't. Maybe I'm selfish. Let I want you to myself, I can't help it. Yeah, no one, yeah, but me, yeah, yeah baby. And don't be trying to come around my girl acting like Mr. Friendly And steal the spotlight like Mr. Bentley I spotted her like Spud McKenzie And for them fake boobies, I paid them Benjis Get your own I got Paris, he got Nicky, he tried to get him a clone He said, yeah, you know you got extra hoes And everything you do is extra cold From the polo fleece to the Jesus piece I got family in high places like Jesus, niece Can I please say my peace? If y'all fresh to death then I'm deceased. And this one here is a heat rock. Spit like a beatbox. The way the beat rocks. New version of Pete Rock. But for that Benz, I get CL love. So I switch my girls around like 3L dub. I'm calling. Yeah, maybe I'm selfish. Out. I want you to myself. I can't help it. Oh my. Yeah, maybe I'm selfish. You're my ladies and I can Maybe I'm selfish. Let's I want you to myself. I can't help it. Yeah, no one yeah. but me, yeah. baby. What up, Pam? 
how your little man doing in New Jersey? Last I heard, he caught the flu and you was worried. Hope he feels better. And thanks, Jonetta from Cleveland, for that good head and your Jetta. Better believe it. Shanice, you my piece from Compton. Before I'm off the plane, make sure you cop some trees to spark up. Danielle, ATL, got them pictures in the mail. You sealed with a kiss and you sent it with Chanel. You looking good in that one showing off your body. Had a Beverly Hills mommy that would buy me Cardi's. Take me to after parties. Her name was Kari. And it sucks that we didn't keep in touch. I'm sorry, but hey, Kim Haas, Minneapolis. You so pretty. Hate you show off your titties for silly classes. Cause I love you girls, though you ain't mine. I wish my arms was long enough to hug you all at the same time. I'm calling. Yeah, maybe I'm selfish. Out. I want you to myself. I can't help it. Oh my. Yeah, maybe I'm selfish. You're my ladies and I can't. Maybe I'm selfish. Let you I want you to myself. I can't help it. So crucial, baby, and that champagne so fuchsia, baby. I do things that you ain't used to, baby. I take you back home to St. Lucia, baby. When raindrops hit the tin roof, it's crazy. That's a metaphor. Did I lose you, baby? When you all wet and covered in sweat, I wipe your ass down like Boosie, baby. <laughs> Love, I don't mind feedback. Tell me to give it to you if you need that. Touch right there, whatever the speed's at. If it's over fast, then I promise you a relapse. Forget what you guessing I'm on. And who was in your past, I'm refreshing and grown. Just charge that cell that I message you on And if you let us, girl, I'ma bring the dressing along You hear that professional tone Half of that's ice and the rest is Patron and Show up on time for the class I'm teaching Cause guaranteed I'ma bring a lesson along And you just gotta bring the breasts along Instead of holding out, wondering what it could've been I confess this address to you And I'm the postman looking for a slot I could put it in with no New York number Mom's still upstairs, I'm two floors under But my room's soundproof, you so tempted To satisfy your urge so you don't wonder Yeah, I know I told you before I grab that for you like holding the door Cause mom's Polo and yours is Vicky And they just spread all you over the floor You feel so good like, You smell so good You feel so warm just like I knew you would Can't let you go Can't let you go I can't let you go You were late to school I'm gonna have to see you after class You've been a bad Someone's gonna have to teach you a lesson You've been a bad girl Someone's gonna have to straighten you right now You've been a bad girl Someone's gonna have to teach you, teach you, teach you
Sean Mack back with the recap doing the NFL wildcard weekend first Saturday game where we had the Tennessee Titans traveling to Gillette Stadium to face the New England Patriots this might be Tom Brady's last game but who knows only time will tell Brady was 20 of 37 209 yards zero touchdowns one interception Sony Michelle 14 carries 61 yards zero touchdowns wide receiver Julian Edelman two rushes 12 yards one touchdown Patriots entire receiving core total for 20 receptions 209 yards and zero touchdowns Patriots 13 the Titans Ryan Tannehill was the definition of a game manager for this one 8 of 15 72 yards one touchdown one interception workhorse Derrick Henry put the team on his back with 34 touches 182 yards and one touchdown not many opportunities for the titans receivers in this game tight end anthony fisker two receptions 23 yards 
one touchdown. The Titans' receiving core totaled for nine catches, 76 yards, and one touchdown. Titans, 20. So we had the Tennessee Titans defeating the New England Patriots, 20-13. to So we advanced to the next round of the NFL playoffs, where they were faced the number one seed, Baltimore Ravens, on Saturday at 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, it's Sean Mack back with the recap, and this is Sports Fans Only. There is a new head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. It's Mike McCarthy. I'll start with you, our former coach. What? (laughs) Adam Schefter just reported that Mike McCarthy, former coach of your boy Aaron Rodgers, will now be with Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Coach, I was going to come to you, but it seems like Stephen A's chomping at the bit over there. Can I get some coffee? It's going to be a long day. You want some water? I got a lot of beverages over here. It's going to be a long day. Let me. Give me something. Let me. Yeah? You want some water here? First of all, first of all, let, let me preface my comments by saying I'm going to defer to the football guys. Please don't get me wrong. I don't want to speak out of turn. Mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy is a Super Bowl champion. Mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy is a guy that took the Packers to the playoffs on numerous occasions. We get all of that. And so as a resume, Max. Marcus, Coach, Molly, for a, from a resume perspective, I have no issue with him. My problem is, how'd you leave? As Janet Jackson would say, what have you done for me lately? Or in my case, I'm saying, what did you do the last time I saw you? They call that you got, the nail on the head. You're right. So, you so my point is, Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen, the greatest talent at the quarterback position I've ever seen, Aaron Rodgers said, quote, you know, not him, quote, because he didn't say it publicly. But it was like, it's archaic. We beyond this. We need to advance and adapt to a different time. That's Aaron Rodgers. And so for me, when you look at it and then you look at the Dallas Cowboys and the things that they were not doing, you're going to bring in a guy that was accused of being beyond his time, you know, the time that passed him by. That is the guy that you hire? Oh, by the way, with Urban Meyer out there, I'm not the Lincoln Riley dude that you are, but with Urban Meyer out there, and at least in a few other coaches, all we have for the record was Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis, okay? And, 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 And Mike McCarthy, you're the Dallas Cowboys, and that's all you did? Oh, damn, I don't Welcome back to Sports Fans Only. This is your host, Keith Johnson, and your co-host, Sean Matt. We're going to dive into this Mike McCarthy situation down in Dallas and how he's the ninth head coach in the history of the Dallas Cowboys. Do you think this is a good hire, Sean? Yeah, it's a good hire from Jason Garrett. You would have to say yes, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely a step up. It's definitely a step up. Now, whether or not I think, which I don't, I don't think McCarthy is the right coach for this for the Dallas Cowboys. I'll I'll give my reasons in a few minutes. Um so McCarthy when he was with uh, Green Bay, he compiled a 125 and 77 record. He had two ties on top of that uh with the Packers. He also had that Super Bowl season. Um and they made it to the NFC Championship game two times. Um mm. but in two, 2017 they missed the playoffs and 2018 12 games into the season is when he got fired. Some say he might have lost the locker room. Uh, His play calling became really lopsided. 
He started throwing the ball like 50, 60 times a game. That's during that time where – now, I don't know if it was his fault that they weren't drafting good running backs. Um, the whole – the Eddie Lacy draft pick was a horrific draft pick. He was supposed to be like their savior as far as the running back goes, and he never panned out. So, a bunch of those years there, they didn't have a running back really. So, maybe that's why it forced him to do that. But, I don't know, his play calling has always been a little – a little, little shaky to me, but he was there. Uh, he made the playoffs nine of his 13 seasons in Green Bay, which is more than Jason Garrett did in, I think, 10 years Jason Garrett was there. Um, so I don't know. I think the jury's still out. Uh, I'm, I don't I don't have a dog in the fight, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm just kind of lukewarm to the whole idea. He just seems like a, you know, he was the safest coach to get because he won a Super Bowl. But this is my thing. He had Aaron Rodgers and only won the Super Bowl once and only making it to the NFC Championship twice. Uh, I don't know if that's good enough, but that's yeah. what they do. You know, they say that um, – they say coaches, which I never understand this saying, but uh, they say some coaches just wear on the team and they stop listening to the message. But I would say show me one coach that's coached forever in one spot. Besides Bilichet, right? And yeah. maybe uh, George Seifert. He got old for San Francisco back in the uh, 80s. But uh, so to me, every coach message get a little worn out. Look at Tomlinson. Before he just had this uh, reemergence after Ben's injury, they were saying that he was getting – his words were getting tired on the team and it started to fall on deaf ears. So I say I take that with a grain of salt. But one thing I can say about Mike McCarthy is, what, nine times out of 13, like you said, in the uh, last 13 years, he done made it to the playoffs nine times. The Cowboys three times in the last decade. So it's an upgrade. Now, I think his message was falling on deaf ears because the team pretty much went in the way of what Evan Rogers said. And if Evan Rogers got tired of you, and got tired of hearing you, it was going to affect the team. Because if I'm right, I'm pretty sure the last two years he would call plays and Aaron would change him at the line, which he had he had permission to because Aaron can run a team. But on certain plays, McCarthy wanted those plays to be ran. So that's where they started bumping, in, bumping heads. So he's a good hire for Dallas. It's an upgrade. But I do agree with you that it's probably not the best fit but making the playoffs and being relevant and winning some uh, NFC East championships will make things go away for a couple of years until they realize, because you know how it goes. If he, um, let's say the next six years, he make the playoffs five times, win four divisions, and they go to the NFC championship. The next step is going to be from fans and naysayers is, well, he's not winning the big one, the Super Bowl. Which, yep. to me, I say, well, forget that. Look what happened in the past, in the history. He's actually making this team into what it is now. Just like with uh, Green Bay. That team was pretty much dead for rights once Favre was getting ready to retire, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and um, for all the pro-Mike McCarthy, uh, the people out there who are pro-Mike McCarthy, um, here's a little stat for you. Now, the Cowboys, they couldn't win any close games this past season. They were 1-6 in one possession games. The second worst 
uh, record in the NFL behind the Bengals, who are 0-8. Now, Mike McCarthy, I'll put, I'll say this in his favor, he could turn that around. Since 2006, McCarthy has won 58 games that were decided by eight points, the fourth most by any coach in that span. And the three coaches above him, he's in good company. Sean Payton has 62. Bill Belichick has 68. And Mike Tomlin has 72. So basically, uh, what that stat is telling me over the last 14, 13 years, he's one of the best game planning coaches when it comes to, you know, when it comes down to crunch time is basically when his best coaching comes out. That's what that stat tells me because he's usually on the winning side of those close games. So that means he's a good pressure, pressure coach. He knows what to call. He's not scared to call certain things. And that to me, that's one of the biggest things of Jason Garrett, his play calling always seemed weak to me. I don't know. Maybe it's just his stature on the sideline. Just, I don't know. Even, even when in crunch time, his play calling just was just, it just felt weak, just like the way he sometimes looked in a lot of those Cowboy losses. But um, I think Mike McCarthy can be somewhat of a cure to all those close losses that the Cowboys have been going through over the last few years. Because believe it or not, most of these years, Cowboys even though their record is usually around 500, every once in a while they'll spike and have maybe 10 to 13 wins. But usually they're like 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. So, and a lot of that has to do with uh, close games that they're always losing. That's why their record's always like that. So, I think he you can know, be a, a cure in that spot. But go ahead. He can and he will be. But what <clears> – excuse me. What organization wouldn't sign up for nine – NFL, I mean, nine playoff appearances in 13 years. And I'm thinking about this now. The more we discuss, you know how we go. We have our notes, but the more we parlay back and forth with each other, we, we come up with ideas that we haven't ran across each other. But I'm thinking of this now. He's the best coach in the NFC East. Am I wrong? Uh, nah, I like Ron Rivera better than him. I think the Cowboys should have got him because I think their defense needs to be more tough. And the Cowboys. Wait, wait. Where, where's Ryan? Ryan just got hired with who? Washington. You're right, but they're gonna take some time. You got you got Haskins. You're gonna take some time there. No, no, no. What I was saying was, I think the Cowboys they could have easily have hired him, and I think no, they. No, no, but no. Back to the original question. You said uh, I said, do you think McCarthy is the best uh, coach? No. And I had forgot about Ryan being in the uh, NFC East now, so. Overall, he might be, let's say, you might give Ryan Rivera the nod, but he still has to prove something with that Washington team. It's a young core. It's a great core defense. But the, the, uh, Haskins scare me. Haskins scare me a lot. He remind me of Big Ben. Not saying that's why he scared me because Ben has went on to have a great career. But it's just something about him that until he prove it to me, I won't believe it. But one thing we do know is that that Dallas team – is ready to go to the Super Bowl at all positions. They don't have a weakness on that defense. The linebackers are fast. They run from side to side better than any linebacker core. Their biggest flaw might be the uh, safeties and corners, but not really. That offense is also ready to go. So let's just say he is the best coach. Let's say he's going to hit the ground running, right? He's not going to have a lot to think about. He's going to hit the ground running. They're going to win that division next year. They're going to be in the playoffs. I guarantee you they're going to win that, and they're going to host the game. So 
you're getting exactly what you want. This is all going to be determined on how much do the Cowboy fans really want. Every fan base won a Super Bowl, true. But are they going to give him time? Because he's going to make the playoffs. Most likely he's going to win a couple of um, AFC championships. So it all determines on what they want and what they're looking for. If they're looking for him to come in and have a maturation process, hit the ground running, but have a slow maturation process, I think they'll be okay. But in two years, if they're screaming, get rid of Mike, we're back at square one, and we know what the real problem is, the fans and probably Jerry Jones. Yeah, I, th I think – now, when you said the best coach, I thought you meant – see, I think Ron Rivera is the best coach, but I think McCarthy has the best chance of being great with his team because they have a better team. Is that what you – were you saying who has the better – the best potential to be good faster? Or do you, yeah. you think – yeah, I definitely yeah. think McCarthy because he has a better team, of course, but – um. But to answer your question, if that's what you meant, I think Rivera is a better coach, but an all-around better coach. But that's either that's neither here nor there. Um, I give you that though for sure. He is a better coach to me. Yeah, I just think his players like him better. I think he's a better defensive-minded coach. Um, they had some prolific offenses when he was in Carolina, and they kind of run the same type of thing in uh, in, in um, Dallas. So I thought he would have been a perfect fit. I've never seen McCarthy uh, coach a option type team, and I don't think Prescott is a straight up pocket passer, drop back. See, that's where the conflict conflict is going to be, in my opinion. McCarthy has never coached. Now maybe he can, maybe he can adapt, but he's never had to coach an option type of team, which Dallas. No, it. no, but he still did a lot of things with Brett late in his career. If I'm not mistaken, he came at the end of Brett's career, right? Well, yeah, he, he did. needless to say, he did a lot of things with Brett with rolling out, and he was almost 39, 30, 38, 39. Yeah, because he played – no, he was like 30, 36, 37. Then he had the year at the Jets, and then he went to the Vikings too. But he, when Rodgers was young, maybe not the play option, but he, he definitely can create – how can I say it? And this is what Dak needs. He needs to roll out. Get him out the pocket, which Dak is good at, which Mike is good at coaching. But he, he breaks down the field into quarters. You know what I'm saying? So if yeah. you scramble to the left, you scramble to the left, your wide receiver split way out to the right is going to be crossing over, you know, and then he would get in the Dak's vision maybe halfway across the field. And then he's going to have plays where they're rolling to the left side of the um, out-of-bounds line, which Dak's need. Dak needs. Sometimes they spread him. Five deep, kind of a la Peyton Manning, and you have multiple receivers out there, and Dak's trying to be like Brady and the Breeze and the Peyton Mannings, which I don't think he is. At times he can be, but that goes back to what you were saying about Jason Garrett. Why well, call those plays at that time? But Mike is definitely going to call plays that quarters off the field for Dak and give him limit options, but those plays are tough and they do work. So I think this is a perfect fit for now. He's going to get out the pocket. You got a great running back. So I think this team is going to be what Mike McCarthy wanted it to be when they drafted Lacey, right? Good yeah. young quarterback, good young um, running back, and yeah. I think that's what it's going to be. Yeah, I, I definitely, like I said, the talent's there. Yeah, I don't think it should take that much to, to capitalize on that talent. They, they got so much talent. A decent coach should be able to at least win that division. Because the only competition you really have is Philly. And 
they probably won't really be going anywhere because they have a quarterback themselves. So the fight for that division is going to be Dallas and Philly for the next couple of years. So we'll see what happens. I'm I'm pretty excited. And I, I, people are going to sleep on Washington, but I bet you Rivera is going to have – Washington already had a decent defense. And we'll just see if he can capitalize off of Haskins and what little bit of momentum they had at the end of this year when they won a couple of games here at the end of the year. So we'll see what happens. One more thing, just any success or lack thereof from Rivera is going to be based on the performance and the maturation process of Haskins. So his job security and everything revolves around can he get Haskins to uh, perform. Don't they still have Alex Smith, though? I mean, I'm not saying he is coming back, but wouldn't he be the guy starting probably – if they didn't think, or do you think they're just going to go with him from now on? I think, think they're going to go with him from now on. Yeah, you have to, right? You have to. Yeah, yeah, I guess you do. But that wasn't Alex Smith on that team before he got, or is he done? Did he return? He might be done. That leg was terrible. I haven't heard anything. I got to look at it, but that leg was terrible. It was broken into so many places. And for an older guy, you know, he was towards the twilight of his career anyway. Yeah, I know. He was in his late 30s. Now, was that this year or last year? It feels so long ago. I can't even remember. I know it must have been last year. Did he start? Did Haskins start all games this year? No, Case Keenum. Remember, I think Case Keenum was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. It was Keenum that came from Minnesota. So yeah, that was last year that he got hurt, and I haven't heard anything about Alex Smith. I don't know if he's backing up, but I just know that uh, injury was something horrific, and I think he might be done as far as because do you really want to rehab at that age and come back? And he was playing at a high level. He had finally made that step of not being a game manager. He was winning games. He was winning games. We digress. It's time to move on. Yeah, let's move on. We want to talk about this. uh, Which one you want to talk? I'm not too happy to be talking about – I'm sure you're not happy to be talking about Breeze and the the chances that he might not even be Uh, there anymore. uh, That's why we're doing it on the back end of this segment. We don't have to give it much time. (laughs) So my question would be, uh, you got Brady – you got Breeze. They both lost in the wild card games this weekend, this last past weekend. So with both of them being free agents for the first time in their careers, the question would be, where do you think Brady and Breeze is going? Should they retire? Should they move on to different teams? Each of them are in different situations. We both know. But first, Brady, what do you think Brady should do, KJ? Uh, well, first, I, didn't, I don't know if you heard that uh, Kraft came out today and said, you know, I hope and pray that Brady stays to play until he's ready. He wants until he's ready to leave. Or he retire. That, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, he put that out in the media. So he's basically saying, I want you to stay. Now, I don't know the dynamics between Belichick. This is my thing. You gave up Garoppolo already. This other quarterback is not the answer. So what sense would it make to get rid of Brady now? You keep Brady for two more years and you just do your due diligence to find a successor. I don't see what what would benefit them letting him go now and then just sucking for the next couple of years because you're probably not going to get a high draft pick. So all the good quarterbacks are going to be gone. So you're going to be rolling the dice on whoever you draft and what are you just going to throw them into the starting lineup? So – I tend to think they're probably going to work it out. But let me just read this to you real quick. Uh, uh, Tom Brady's father, 
Um, he was talking to um, somebody on ESPN.com, and he basically said that uh, he was talking about Tom Brady putting his house up for sale. And as soon as the season was over, the price, like, they slashed it half half in price. So now it's up for $33 million. That's crazy. His house was worth 60 million. But so that's in half? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, – his father was basically saying, you know, you don't want you don't want the house sitting on the market two, three, four years if you get cut. And, you know, he was basically saying he's making steps just in case they get rid of him, so where he can just up and go. So I, I think it's a very real thing to Brady that Belichick might just not want him no more. I think that's what this is all about. And Kraft gave Belichick so much power, Belichick can do what he wants, and let Kraft just says, no, you're not doing it. Well, that's what it came down to with Jimmy G, right? But doesn't this prove that Garoppolo was the right pick by Belichick and that what he wanted to do, he I think he was willing to uh, give up last year's Super Bowl to get Garoppolo and make him stay there longer. I'm pretty sure Gar- Gar- Garoppolo would have been the starting quarterback the last two years. And then the Brady situation would have just had to be he asked to leave or he just sit on the bench and root on Jimmy G. But to me, this proves Belichick's greatness. It's it's about to come down to grandpa, daddy, nephew. Now, will the grandpa side with the nephew? And don't worry about what the daddy do, being Belichick the daddy and uh, Robert Kraft being the grandpa. I think that um, little nephew, Tom, is going to go again to um, Kraft and say, I think I can do one more year. And then Kraft is going to go to Belichick and say, well, I think we should keep him for one more year. And this is where it gets real tough. I don't yeah. think I don't think Belichick will walk, but you never know. You never know. There's some mm-hmm. openings out there. And remember, you're hearing it here first on sports fans only. No one is saying that it's a minute, small chance that Belichick just say, okay, I'm going to go take over Cleveland where I used to be, a place that I didn't get the most out of my coaches and I wanted to, he might just pop up and say, hey, y'all keep each other. I'm going to the Browns. And imagine Belichick at the Browns right now. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And it's crazy that you said that. I was talking to somebody earlier, and I was saying, um, after Kraft came out and said that, now before Kraft said that, I was thinking more or less, Brady's probably out of here. But after Kraft said that, I think you're right. I think him and Brady are going to have a talk, and Kraft's going to tell Belichick, like, yo, man, I want him to stay again. So that's just what it is. I could see I could see Belichick leaving before Brady and, and, and having Josh McDaniels become the head coach because wasn't that the plan anyway? Josh McDaniels. Well, I thought that's why Josh came back. Yeah, right? that's what I think the promises were made. So yeah. I think Kraft might be like, you know what? I'd rather have you here, Bill. You know, Bill Belichick, I'd rather have you both here. But if I have to choose, I'm going to take Brady and Josh McDaniels was going to run the team anyway. And I think Belichick will be fine with that. And I don't think he would go to Cleveland, Sean. I think he's going to go back to the Giants. That's, that's, you know why I say Cleveland? Why he had Cleveland? success with the Giants as a defensive coordinator. So it's no stones that haven't been unturned. But it's so many skeletons and bad things that he's done 
As a matter of fact, I think he's one of the last coaches to actually get to the playoffs of the Browns. <laughs> yeah, they had, they had a pretty good team. Yeah, Vinny Testaverde. That's when they had um they had a few people from uh, those giant Pepper Johnson was one of the linebackers. They, they had a Slater good team. was a uh, wide receiver. Slater, remember? Yeah, I definitely remember. They had or a was good it team. Slaughter. I think it was Slaughter. No, Slaughter. They actually beat uh, the Patriots in Bill Belichick's first playoff game. They beat the Patriots and Bill Parcells. Um, so if I'm if I'm Belichick, I look back and I say. Where can I go? I would have to say, besides the defense, maybe overall the Browns are a more talented team and have more weapons than the Patriots on offense for sure. Yeah, but definitely. y'all, but but think of this: if you lose Billichet, doesn't that defense go down? Um, the, uh, yeah, it definitely goes down because you know he's gonna take. It was him and his son calling all the plays on defense this year. You know he's gonna take his son with him probably. Wherever well, there you go. go. So immediately the Browns actually have a better overall squad than the Patriots. So I don't know. This is interesting. I wish we could have left this for another um, whole segment for another day. Maybe yeah. we will uh, we'll re, uh, we'll look at this again in a few uh, – revisit this a few months down the line because I can see me randomly looking at the TV at 12 o'clock in April – and bam, at the bottom of the feed is something about Bill and Chet leaving because him and Kraft just can't get along. But that will all fall into what Brady want to do, right? Once he decides, the dominoes will fall into place. So as for my, my answer to this question is stay tuned. Not even sure what Brady's going to do. But if I had to be Brady in his expensive rich shoes, I would say um, I I, I – if if McDaniel stay, I stay. If McDaniel's leave, I leave. That's my. Yeah, I th- I think you're right, and then also, I don't think he. It's not going to sit with him well that his last pass in the Patriots uniform was a pick six to get them bounced from the playoffs. Yeah. I I I highly doubt that's the way he wants to go out in New England. And if anything, I think he'll probably try to do a power move and get Belichick. Not saying that he's gonna. Get him out of there, but he's going to basically say, I really, really want to stay. And I don't think Belichick wants him to stay. I honestly don't. And I think yeah. I can see Belichick saying, It's either him or me. Who do you want? Yeah. And, and, and I can see Belichick leaving, which I'm okay with that. I mean, he's getting old anyway. Did you know Belichick? He's like 75 years old. Yeah. Yo, you know what I wanted to bring up? Is it What's me that? or Tom Brady is extremely thin? No. Well, that's because he he's, like he, his face he, is sinking in. His shoulders are sinking in. That um, TB12 diet, I think he's going too far with it. And you cannot tell me, <laughs> in my heart, I think that affected him this year. He looks sickly. Yeah, he looks too skinny for a football player. He's on that, like, no meat. Like, he's eating all this organic stuff, all this weird, you know, all this healthy stuff. But sometimes you go too far with that, man. You don't look strong no more. You don't look... No, he was never a big dude, but he always had like this, you know. Still had like a a shoulder was there. He looked he he looked like he fit into his pads. Yeah, now he looks horrible. Yeah, I I wanted to to discuss that with you, but uh, we I just want everybody to know out there, all our listeners, that the first place that you're gonna hear and have heard that Billichet might leave is here. We started the discussion, we got it on and popping. Now we only left a little bit of time. For Breeze, so with Drew Breeze, K, same thing here. What should he do? He's a free agent. 
He's 40 years old. What should he do? See, the difference between Breeze and, and Brady is, is that Breeze, there's a really good quarterback sitting right behind him. So uh, that has to play a factor in the Saints' decision anyway. And then on top of having Teddy Bridgewater, they have one, two, three. So Eli Apple, A.J. Klein, Andrus, P.J. Williams, David Onamata, Von Bell, all these guys are free agents. So basically they have a bunch. If if they pay Drew Brees, they're not going to be able to pay a whole bunch of other people. So – just because it's money reasons and they have a good backup quarterback, I'm going to sit here and say that they might they might let Drew Brees walk unless he's willing to take way less money. I was he- just going to say that. I was going to say the cut. I mean, uh, he's at a point where money is nothing to him, and he need to take the uh, he would have to take the Brady cut, right? The cut that yeah. Brady's been taking over the last six years. So yeah. I'm with you on that one. So if he's willing to do that, they'll keep him because who wouldn't want Drew Brees? I mean, but if 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 he still wants his twenty plus million dollars, like Brady's only making like twelve million dollars a year, some something crazy like that, like mad long, yeah, just nothing. So if he's willing to do that, I think they'll keep him. But if he wants to still be, and he deserves to still be paid as one of the highest QBs, and I, you know, he should still be getting paid close to thirty million dollars a year. I think. Mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. for what he does on the field, mm-hmm. so will his ego allow him to take fifty percent pay cut? I don't know. I don't. I don't know his personality like that. But if he wants to keep playing and he wants to stay with the Saints, I think that's what he has to do. I I don't have much to say a rebuttal because um, I feel a hundred percent. He means a. I feel as you do. He means a lot, if not everything, to our city of New Orleans. And um, he's brought us our best years ever. He brought us to the promised land. But uh, I'm going to ask this question. And he kept winning. So do you think if they stayed with Bridgewater, we would be moving on? Uh, I don't know. I didn't get a big enough sample size of Bridgewater. to. The, I mean, he won all the games he played, right? Yeah, he was 6-0, and oh, I think. It was against all. It was against a bunch of good teams too. Yeah, it was great teams. That they wound up being great now. But you know, he beat some teams that are in the playoffs right now. I think he. I think he'd be hard to game plan for. Because I'm you looking know. yesterday, and I'm looking at Breeze when the pressure is collapsing on him from the outside. He can't move no more. He can't get out the pocket no more. No, before he used to be able to. You know, he was kind of quick. He could run for about just you know just enough. You know what I mean? Just quick enough. Now he don't run at all. No, and it made me think, and you know why we're here? I want to question what was Sean Payton thinking about his time, the the way he used his time, managed the clock. Another thing, the kicker, you need that three points going into halftime. When he missed that field goal going into halftime, I said that's going to come back to haunt us, which would have meant, we would have held them scoreless and for the second half, and that field goal that tied it at the end of the fourth quarter would have been the field goal to go ahead and win. But yep. like you say, that's neither here nor there. We're talking yeah. about Breeze now. But just to finish up this segment, I'm going to say we do need Breeze. 
not just for the on the field stuff. We need him for off the field stuff because he does mean a lot to us, to us in New Orleans. He's our bloodline. He's our heart. So I say give him one-year contracts from here on out. Don't try to – both of these guys, Brady and Breeze, don't get locked into two, three years, four years. Brady saying he won't play the 50, whatever. So I would say give him one-year contracts and see where it goes from there. We're kind of in a better situation because we have a, we have Taysom Hill, who um, Sean Payton has actually said if Breeze do leave, he will be uh, actually fighting for a quarterback spot, which would just be awesome. I think he'll make an awesome quarterback starting. But yeah. um, I have to go with I, 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 Breeze should stay. Brady just need to see what's best for him and his family. Yeah, he uh, just some quick little notes. March 18th is when his contract officially voids for the Saints. That's Drew Brees, that is. That's okay. on March 18th. So that's when an official officially is over. And uh, if they re sign him to the same type of contract he just had, it'll be a $21.2 million salary cap hit for the Saints this new season. No, so, that's why you got to take that cut. You got to take the cut. If you want the team to be better, it, it shows a lot about Drew. And if I'm going to think I know a lot about Drew or say I know a lot about Drew, I'm going to say that he want to better the team, so he's going to take the cut. Now, if he doesn't, that just show you he's actually more money and he's more money-oriented when it comes to business than actually team-oriented. Yeah, I think after seeing what Teddy Bridgewater did, I think that humbled him because he's like – he probably thought he was the greatest thing – I mean, he had to with the numbers and the stats and how they were winning a lot. But when Teddy Bridgewater came in and was basically doing the same thing, I know he was probably like, no, wait a second. <laughs> Somebody else ain't supposed to be able to do it like me. Bridgewater with less turnover, too. With less yep. turnover. Yep, less you know? turnover. So so if he wants to be there, he just needs to take a pay cut. That's basically cool. it. Yep, so. we pushing along. Let's do it, yeah. guys. Get out. Yeah, let's let's move out. Let's get into some more music. We will be right back. This is Sports Fans Only with Key Johnson and Sean Mack. And sit tight. We'll be right back. This the record that my backpack underground fans get to skipping. Back back Southern Town fans get to tipping. Chasing fat stacks, running down grands. It's a mission. I don't backtrack. Ain't single sound from me different. I don't own no ice. Just got clean rap. Don't ever two step. I just rock lane snap. We can take it out to Houston where the rides all glossed up. Anybody I'm standing besides all bossed up. Burglar Mana, they say I'm serving them rhymes. And me and Nicolette go together like burgers and diners. Yes. I'm like a waiter if you something like a hater With trays in both hands, placing order I can cater uh, I got the diamonds in my teeth flow Memphis is the reason that my rhyming and my speech slow Peak though, I only got pity for you lame Sitting pretty in the game, in the city that I claim Your city is mine, which one? T-O-R-O-N-T-O, D-R-A-K-E, that's me You know how the story go Pull up, range roll, yo chick wanna roll And I play myself in the stereo And I make them wanna shake it, shake it, drop it, drop it Bounce it, bounce it, whop it, whop it, girl Move that thing like you getting money for college Go, shake it, shake it, drop it, drop it, bounce it 
to bounce it, wipe it, wipe it, girl. Move that thing like you getting money for college. Break it down like you working for your tuition. And how would mama get it? How you let it think that you work in this power? Trying to be generous, so honey, is a tip. Nowadays it's getting cheaper to put 20s on a whip. So if you are opportunist, look for 20s in a clip. And if you find them attractive and funny, that's when you dip, dip. And it's a trip. My city broke in the sections. Up north, I got me a couple of troubles, couple connections. And it's nothing that I created on purpose. It's people that got a problem, but they scared to let it surface. Uh, and boys say this, that, and the third time. See me out and they never utter a word to them. Expect me not to draw a card from the deck. Anybody in my city going hard, I respect. But you got a debt and you choose not to pay that. I'ma have your fans coming to your yard and collect. Let, uh, it ain't a problem or concern, bruh. I always end up with exactly what I earned, bruh. This ain't last year, money like a cashier, so hey, your receipt if you trying to make a return, bruh. Yes, sir, I live in a city where a lot of people don't get shine, shine. And I be on my defense as soon as anybody stepping out of line, line. And I got way too much love for the city, I can never get too much of it. If anybody hating on me, I deport them. The city's mine, Yo, the city is mine. Which one? T-O-R-O-N-T-O-D-R-A-K-E, that's me. You know how the story go. Pull up, Range Rove, yo, chick, water roll. And I play myself in the stereo. And I make them wanna shake it, shake it, drop it, drop it, bounce it, bounce it, wipe it, wipe it, girl. Move that thing like you getting money for college. Go, shake it, shake it, drop it, drop it, bounce it. Bounce it, bounce it, wipe it, wipe it, girl. Move that thing like you getting money for college. Jump that at go. Break it down, go. Break it, break it down, go. What's going on, man? It's your boy D-R-A-K-E. That's me. You know how the story goes. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't let the whole tape go by without getting a couple words in, you know, for the ladies even, you know, put the sexy voice on in the booth. Y'all could put your um, ears up to the speakers real close, pretend like I'm talking directly to you. And for my niggas, I got y'all, man. This next joint, shout out to my man Knotts for, you know, sliding me the little exclusive, man. He sent me the beat. Shout out to Kanye and Wayne and them. This next joint, man, it's Barry Bonds Freestyle. I get it in on this jump, so I hope y'all enjoy it, man. You know what it is. It's comeback season. All right, it's Sean Mack back with the recap of Sunday NFL wildcard game where we had the Minnesota Vikings facing off against the Nile and Sanks. The Sanks, Drew Brees, was 26 of 33, 208 yards through the air, one touchdown, one interception. Swiss Army Knife, Taysom Hill, four carries, 50 yards, no touchdowns. Running back, Alvin Kamara, seven touches, 21 yards, one touchdown. Wide receiver, Michael Thomas, seven receptions, 70 yards, no touchdowns. Tight end, Jerry Cook, five catches, 54 yards, no touchdowns. Taysom Hill grabbed two balls for 25 yards, one touchdown. Sanks, 20. Minnesota's Kirk Cousin finally won a big game. Have to say that. 19 of 31, 242 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. Running back, Delvin Cook, had 28 rushes, 94 yards, and two touchdowns. Wide receiver, Adam Thielen, Great playoff performance. Seven grabs, 129 yards, zero touchdowns. Kyle Rudolph, four catches, 31 yards, and one big touchdown in overtime for the win. Vikings, 26. So we had the Minnesota Vikings defeating the New Orleans Saints, 26-20, to to advance to the next round of the playoffs, where they will face the San Francisco 49ers on Saturday at 4.35 p.m. Eastern Time. 
Okay, I'm Sean Mack with the recap, and this is Sports Fans Only. Beam up Benz Bentley, beam up Benz Bentley, beam up Benz Bentley. My jeans are never empty, bitch. Beam up Benz Bentley, beam up Benz Bentley, beam up Benz Bentley. Your scheming don't affect me. I'm fresh, I'm fly, I'm so damn high. More than 500 horses when I roll by. I'm calm, I'm cool, everything brand new. I don't handcuff, you can get the whole damn crew. Get in my beam up Benz Bentley. Beam up Benz Bentley. Beat it, I bet she let me. She been fiending since she met me. I'm the coolest shit, especially when I throw on all my guts. Got my sister Smith on my seat to protect me, so respect me. This is heavy, new Britney, color vanilla and cherry. Andretti on Pirelli, make a movie out the Getty. With my ring and my confetti, I'm Kobe Bryant ready. Pink rose and chronic smelly while I'm stumbling out the telly. I'm so fly, I'm so fairy, and the way I flow is very. Get to a machete when my pencil move is deadly. Platinum band, platinum bezzy, make a street girl out of Lezzy. Magazine, Mac, Desi, keep my windows like the Prezi. Press a button and I'm stunting. My roof look like it's ducking me to go 200 something. And my trunk do one that's bumping. I am not the one for jumping. I will ratchet out and slump them. Dump them, nigga, you better off dead. It might be red. I'm fresh, I'm fly, I'm always high. Got your bitch waving at me when I roll by. I'm calm, I'm cool, everything brand new. Bentley. I be moving, I be moving, making movies, Tom cruising. If it's action, then I'm shooting pockets back. Next studded boy, my nickname should be Ruben. My Colombian connect told me that Mexicans are moved in, and he know just how I get it. So we bout to introduce him. Got a girl named Cigar, I call her that because she Cuban. Got a black chick that be boosting. Got a white girl that be boofing. Gotta watch it cause she use it, but she fuck me like she stupid. And she always ready to give me that Becky. Last time it was so good, I almost crashed my Bentley. Put the club on the bottle, see them sparks in the sky will have this whole bitch looking like the 4th of July. But if you pussies get the frontin' and the pushing, lead the shoving, we just bustin' and we leaving like it's nothing. It's nothing. If it ain't the Gucci or the Louis, then it's polo or it's rugby and this bitch I brought with me, she be baggin' bitches for me. Uh-huh. Beam up Benz and Bentley, beam up Benz and Bentley, beam up Benz and Bentley, my jeans are never empty, bitch. Beam up Benz and Bentley, beam up Benz and Bentley, beam up Benz and Bentley, the scheming don't affect me. I'm fresh, I'm fly, I'm always high Got your bitch waving at me when I roll by I'm calm, I'm cool, everything brand new I don't handcuff, you can get the whole damn crew I got a girl named Kima, and Kima like Christina Baby, free to make a cry to make a sex scene meaner I just wanna get between her, turn her to a screamer Then it's one, two, I'm through, see her I scoop her in my beam of Benzabelli Beam of Benzabelli Beam of Benzabelli My jeans are never empty, bitch Beam of Benzabelli Beam of Benzabelli Beam of Benzabelli The scheming don't affect me Welcome to another five-day weather report brought to you by Sports Fans Only and Anchor FM. I hope everyone had a beautiful day today. And for those who listen to us in the morning, I hope you have a beautiful, productive day tomorrow. 
Looks like we will have some unseasonably warm weather coming this weekend, but at the same time, we will be getting some rain to go with that unseasonably warm weather. Could this be a sneak peek into early spring? Well, let's find out, shall we? Here is your five-day weather report. Tonight will be partly cloudy, low of 35 degrees. Tuesday, January 7th, will be mostly cloudy with a high of 41 and a low of 33 with a 20% chance of rain. Wednesday, January 8th, will be partly cloudy with a high of 40 and a low of 23 with a 10% chance of rain. Thursday, January 9th, it'll be mostly sunny, a high of 33 and a low of 31 with a 0% chance of rain. Looks like it's going to be a pretty steady cold day on uh, Thursday. Friday, January 10th, will be mostly cloudy. High of 51 degrees and a low of 48 degrees with a 20% chance of rain. This is when that warm weather will start moving in. Saturday, January 11th, there will be showers. There's a 40% chance of rain, but the high will be 62 degrees and a low of 53 so it'll feel like a beautiful fall day or or spring day on Saturday. Unfortunately, we will get some showers, but hopefully those showers will come in and move out real quick so we can enjoy that warm weather. That will do it for our five-day weather report. This is Keith Johnson, and this is Sports Fans Only. Hope you guys enjoyed the weather report. Uh, back to the show. I've had a difficult time making this decision about my future. Um, But first and foremost, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for this opportunity uh, to stand before you all with my decision. Um, My love for the University of Alabama, our coaches, our fans, um, and and my teammates has made this especially hard for me. I've had the advice and counsel of my parents, my family, and coaches in going through a a thorough analysis of uh, of the alternatives. And without further ado, uh, with lots of prayers, thoughts, um, and guidance, I have decided that I will be declaring and entering the 2020 NFL Draft. Welcome back to the show. First up to bat is Tua Tagliavoa. Turns out he's leaving Alabama to enter the NFL Draft. Um, a lot of teams are still saying that if they get a chance, they're going to pick him up. The first one that comes to mind is the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Tua Tagliavoa has been tied to the Dolphins for the last, it seems like the last year. That's pretty much all you've heard of. But now I'm starting to get some whispers that the Detroit Lions are starting to become interested in Tua Tagliavoa. So what are your thoughts, Sean? What do you think? Do you think he should have come out? And if so, what team do you think will snatch him up? Because that's Detroit. That Detroit news kind of threw me off guard because I was like, they got Matthew Stafford, but they might be almost ready to move on from him. But anyway, just what are your thoughts? Well, you have to get – you have to go get your money, right? Yep. You got to go get your money. Let's be real. Those guys put their lives on the line for the college – for the college um, – for the college that they play for, the university – and they don't get anything back out of it. And please stop telling me anything about a scholarship. So I just don't want to hear that from people in comments. But you have to go get your money first. Second, Mel Kuyper did a draft earlier today, and he fell as the third quarterback. Not sure to what team that would have been. Should have did a little more research. But, you know, this just came about as far as him coming out, trying to see where he was going. 
with uh, Saban in Alabama. When they when I first heard about it, I thought being that Saban was going to be there, I'm like, maybe he's going to stay. So, you know, show that support. But it went the other way. He just showed support for his guy leaving. So my biggest issue, if I was any team, though, would be that hip. Can I trust him? Will they try to hide some of his um, – Medical records, which people, they're masters at doing this when the draft come, right? Yeah. They're going to get into this whole cat and mice thing and hiding certain injuries and disabilities and how fast something will heal. And so you're going to have to have a lot of doctors look at that injury. So if I'm any team, I'm thinking that I might, I might skip on him. Now, if I'm, the Lions, I probably would take him because he's not going to come in and expect to be immediately put in and get immediate gratification. So that's actually a good pick because Stafford has a couple more years left in him, if you ask me. So that would be a good pick. So I would have to say I'll go with the um, I'll go with the Lions. Yeah, out of all the teams that will be drafting high enough to get him, so let's see the the Cincinnati Bengals. It's already been said, uh, Joe Burrow, he's going to Cincinnati. So outside of Tua Tagliavoa, you have the Justin Herbert from Oregon, which I don't like him at all. There's something about him. I don't, I don't, you know, there's certain quarterbacks, just their names kind of Justin Herbert. That just sounds like a quarterback who's destined to fail. I'm sorry. I don't mean to say it like that. But, you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks. Like, uh, what was that guy from Green Bay? Um who got paid all that money turned out to be a fluke. What was his name? Russell Wilson took his Finn. Took his, yeah, Finn. Matt Flynn. You know, he sounds like one of those type of quarterback names. But so you got Justin Herbert, uh, the dude from Georgia, Jake Fromm, um, Tua Tagliavoa. I think those are probably basically the top quarterbacks. So yeah, I think um Burrow's coming off first, and I think Tag Either Herbert or, or Tagliavoa is coming off next. I, I definitely think – I don't know if I'm, if I'm uh, Miami if I take him or not, though. Because like you said, they're probably going to want him to play kind of right away. Whereas in Detroit, you got Matthew Stafford there. He could sit behind him for a couple of years, rehab, and get back to 100%. I don't think there's any other – is there any other teams I'm missing? Detroit, Cincinnati, Miami. Who are the other teams? Who are the other teams that really suck bad? I think that well, we we know Arizona's not going to get another quarterback. And Giants, uh, they they were saying Giants might be looking, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. I definitely don't believe in Daniel Jones. That's just my opinion. I don't think he's a franchise yeah. quarterback. I think he's a decent quarterback. He's like a Josh. He might be like a Josh McCown. Like he'll be like a a career backup. But I don't think they, he's. A, uh, What's the word they use? Serviceable. Yes. Yep. Because he's got skill. I'm not going to lie. There's times when you see him and you're like, oh, he looks good. But then there's too many times where he's fumbling or he's throwing interceptions. So, um, but I, they would probably have to trade up, right? Because they won. They, they had yeah. like five wins, five or six wins this year or five wins. Yeah. You know who's very slap on? And this guy's going to be poised. I hadn't thought about him until you mentioned him. But uh, what's his name? Is it Jake? Jack from oh, Jake from from Georgia. Yeah, I like him. He he's a four year, four year, right? 
He's been no, there no, for four. It seems like, no, seems he's, like he's been there for like eight years. No, he's a junior. He just started as a true freshman. Gotcha. Yeah, it so, seems like he's been there in the FCC championship for the last six years, but I digress. Yeah. But that guy is going to be ready to come in and produce immediately. So whoever get him actually have a franchise quarterback for sure. Mark my word. But Tua... It's it's in the air, right? You 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 you're rolling the dice no matter what. Yeah, hips a hip is nothing to play with, especially as a quarterback, because it everything you do consists of your hips when you're throwing the ball. So if your hips are bad, being a quarterback, that's not a good thing. But as far as uh Fromm goes, he's the one guy that's interesting to me because he's not a top three, he's not gonna go in the top ten, I don't think, unless somebody surprises everybody. I like him better than Justin Herbert, but everybody's saying the Herbert kid, they're saying he could have been one last year. Was that you telling me that? He could have been one last year, but he decided to stay because he wanted to yeah. play with his brother or something like that at, high, at college. But um, I think Fromm's going to slip. I think he's going to slip a little bit. And, you know, I'm hoping that he goes to the Patriots because the Patriots are going to have like a 20-something. Well, Actually, I don't know. They're going to get punished for what they did, so they might get their first-round pit taken away. So yeah, they said that some punishment was going to come down. But with Fromm, that means he's going to wind up out of um, at a good team, right? A decent middle-of-the-pack well, team. Yeah, that's exactly what right? it means. And that he can make one of those decent teams become – I think he's ready to go from day one. I don't think there's day that one. much – I don't think there's that much difference between him and Burrow as far as um, – I definitely think Burrow's better. But I think Fromm is the same type of same. I could LSU has a way better team than Georgia. So, and, and I think Fromm, his freshman year, they almost went to the college. Uh, they were one game away from going to the college playoffs with him as a freshman quarterback. So I just think yeah, LSU, they kept running into um, kept running into Alabama in the SEC uh, championship game. Yep, yep. Sure enough, did so he, he's ready to go. Fromm is ready to go. Trust me. He's going to lead a team. He's going to hit the ground running day one. Uh, every He's going to be one of the people that you're going to hear this saying about. Um, we didn't know that he was quite ready, but we should have because he was poised in that system. And remember, when you're playing in the SEC and you rack up that many wins, you're ready to face – well, you've technically been facing NFL prospects and NFL talent your whole career. So what he's been through is one step lower than the NFL already by playing in the SEC for that many years. You know? Then he started off as a true freshman and balled out his – I think his freshman year was his best year since he was there. And so that just proves that he's a great talent and somebody's going to get a good uh, good quarterback. But just to Mm -hmm. switch gears real quick, I want to talk about that Jadavion Clowney hit I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but uh, Jadavion Clowney of the Seattle Seahawks was a vicious hit on Carson Wentz that did not get called, did not get flagged because the referee said that he did not give himself up. He was still considered a runner. So when you're still considered a runner like that, it doesn't matter if you're a quarterback. And they felt like the little bit of helmet contact that did happen it was incidental. He didn't mean to do it, so they didn't call the flag. But did you get a chance to see it? Because I saw it. It, it. it was kind of a vicious hit. I'm surprised. If that was Brady, they definitely would have called it. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's because I don't know if, or if it was Breeze or Rodgers, 
But I don't know if it's because it was Wentz and he's known to run around and stuff. Maybe that's why they didn't call it. But they definitely would have called it for one of those, you know, elite vet quarterbacks. But what do you think? Mm -hmm. I saw it live while watching first impression was it was nothing. Yeah. Right. Then, like, on so many of these calls that we have these days, when you put it in slow motion, then you go super, super slow motion. He grazed the helmet. He grazed the back. He grazed the uh, area where your vertebrates are. So that's always dangerous. That made me go, wow. And then, on top of that, while going down, Wentz pretty much planted his face in the dirt, right? So you have momentum. And then you have a sudden stop, which is similar to a car accident, which can cause whiplash and all type of head trauma. So when you look at it in slow motion, then you see where he hit him. Then you see the outcome of what happened to Wentz being taken out the game in the first quarter. Actually, I think he only technically got six to seven plays, they say. It make you go, oh, no, that's horrible. You can't lose Wentz. That hurts the NFL. That hurts ratings, which hurts everybody all around. So. In my opinion, you can be, you can have an, how can I say this? You can have a play that's, what's the word I'm looking for, Keith? You can have a word, you can have a play that's not dirty, but still be unprofessional, that still went too far. And I think that's where this plays fall, this play fall after watching everything that it wasn't a dirty play. It was borderline dirty, but it definitely wasn't a clean play, if you get what I'm saying. I hope everyone out there is getting my gist. He didn't yeah. aim out and say, I'm going to hurt him. It's similar to what you said in the opening. He wanted to make sure he felt that hit so he could also say he hoping that call uh, that Wentz, next time he dropped back and think about scrambling, remember that hit. Just so happened. Like Mike Golick used to say, his dad taught him, you run through the guy. Hit him hard as possible. You don't want him to be hurt, but if he get hurt while hitting him on a technically clean play, so be it, and that's where the chips fall. Feel bad for Wentz. It's falling into that whole exception and what people think of him about not being a tough player, being accident-prong, and I can say this. I don't think he's accident-prong, but he's prong to putting himself himself in situations that get him hurt. That makes sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. There's, there's been a lot of quarterbacks like that. Um, Robert uh, RG3 was one of those quarterbacks where it's like, boy, if you don't get down, like, why are you trying to break tackles and why are you trying to turn into a running back? Like, Russell Wilson is a perfect example. Russell Wilson, like, you're not hitting me. Like, I'm, I'm going to run, I'm going to get my little yards, and I'm going to get down. I'm going to slide. I'm going to exaggerate my slide so everybody knows I'm sliding. So, Oh, did you see last game? I hate to cut you off, but the beginning of the game, first quarter, he ran for like 30 yards up the middle. As soon as the guys got behind him, he exaggerated the slide. You made me <laughs> Exactly. And you know what that does? You do that over a few years. People know, oh, as soon as we get close to him, he's going to fall down. So they don't even try to hit you really too much no more. I mean, they'll try, but like what wins – these dudes be loading up because they know he's going to try to take it. So they load up to try to really hurt him. And, and any football player who tries to say that they don't go out there trying to – you're not trying to injure nobody, 
But to say you're not trying to hurt somebody to where he feels it to the point where he might have to sit out a few plays, every football player on the defensive side is trying to do that. I don't care what nobody says. And I, I played for – I might not have played on the highest levels, but I played in high school. And even on the high school level, people are – they want to hit the other person so hard that it can knock them out for a couple of plays. That's that's just the way it is. So, it's a gladiator. You know, yeah, go ahead. That's why I never got the big riff about Bounty Gate with Greg Williams and the New Orleans Saints. He said, play legal – Play not dirty, play clean. But if you knock someone out, I'm giving you money. How how is how is that illegal? How is that illegal? It's it's it's. I'm gonna break a little. It's the equivalent of you do you're shooting porno. Just work with me. Walk with me. Uh huh. All right. You're on the street. You're a street girl. You do some things with a customer. You go to jail. You have a camera there. Call it porno. And you getting paid for it is legal. Yeah. Get what I'm saying? Yeah. Get what I'm saying? There? It's a reach, but you get what I'm saying? One thing, one small thing can slightly turn something into something else. That's very true. I, I can't I can't knock that. And uh that's a good point. I never I never put it, I've never put it together like that again. Right? Very, very elegant. I like I like that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I never, I never, I never looked at it like that. That's a, you know, it's a vivid picture. I like it, you know. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, anyway, um, so yeah, it's it's a gladiator sport. I don't know what you expect from these dudes. They're they're moving a million miles a minute. I, I don't, uh, you know. It's going to happen sometimes. So, you know, if you don't want to get hit, don't be a quarterback, I guess. I mean, if you're going to get outside the pocket and start running like that, you better get down. You better slide. That's all I'm saying. Or things like this are going to happen, and they're not going to flag the defensive player all the time, especially if you're not Breeze, Brady, Rodgers, Russell Wilson, people like that. So it is what I, it is. Exactly. I got to say one thing, and my mind went totally left now with the joke, but – <laughs> I got to just let people know what I'm thinking. They should do memes about, see, you brought it up, about yeah. Russell Wilson's exaggerated slide and put, like, <laughs> when you realize your wife doubled back from the store and you just started to pawn and you're in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> you do that slide, huh? You slide, you know, turn that shit off and slide on the couch yeah. like you was hanging out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> If someone's listening, yeah. please do that meme for me. Please just send it to the show. Please. <laughs> Yo, I wish I knew how to make memes. I don't know how to make them, but I would make that one. That would be hilarious. Right? hilarious. <laughs> On that note, we're about to slide into some damn music. That's what we're about to slide into. <laughs> and we'll be right back. <laughs> uh, killer. Kanye, this that 1970s heroin flow, huh? Yeah, I hear people talking about who high, who now. Man, they don't know we finna kill the game this year. Killer, yeah, come on. Street mergers, I legislated the nerve. I never hated on murders, premeditated, absurd. I hesitated, observed. Cock is prayed, hit you from a block away. Drinking sake on the Suzuki, we in Osaka Bay. Playing soccer, stupid, stay in the sucker's place. Pluck your ace, take your girl, fuck her face. Killer, so you love her taste. She swallowed. 
got caught up with the tricks and would've thought I went from Brooklyn. It get boring just looking. Feel like Bill Cosby pouring in the pudding. Now the dashboard is wet from a hard tangled grammar. Interior, inferior, star spangled banner. Car game bananas, mom, man, and tanners. Guns everywhere like the car came with hammers. He's back. They trying to say he. Legs behind your head, got me ear ones, hun. Lime and red, you got pets, me too. Mines are dead, doggy, fox, minks, gators, that's necessary. Accessories, my closet's pet cemetery. I get approached by animal activists. I live in the zoo, I run scandal with savages. All my niggas get together to gather loot. Bodyguard for what dog I rather shoot. I go to war, old Tim, battered boots. Razor tag, slice your face, you're it. It's I who come by, drive through. Gator told Mori, three quarters, sky blue. Look at mommy, eyes blue, five two. I approach the high boo, high you. Pony skin, Louis, oh, you fly too. You a steward is good, ma, I fly too. Now a nigga got bacon to bait. Harlem shake, nah, I'm in Harlem shaking the weight. Shaking the bait, shaking the chase. Kill you, shoot the funeral up. That Harlem shake at your weight. Just your picture though, you still taped in the late. I'm laughing, you couldn't wait to escape. But anyone who owed the dough, I had to load the foe. I hope a nigga heard when I said I told you so. They uh, trying to say he. You lazy with your loyalty and your 
Additional NBA Jam Session brought to you by the Paragon Show and Anchor FM. The NBA took a back seat to the NFL playoffs on Sunday, but nevertheless, there was five games sprinkled throughout the day. The matchups proved to be worthy as four out of the five games were entertaining games that came down to the wire. The Knicks, who have been showing a lot of fight lately, traveled to the Staples Center to play the Clippers and put up a valiant effort but came up short as they lost 132-135. to The Knicks were paced by Marcus Morris Sr.'s 38 points. He was 6-7 from downtown and 13-19 from the floor. Julius Randle has 16 points and 8 rebounds. And R.J. Barrett, who's been playing a lot better of late, had 24 points and he was 7-11 from the field and 9-11 from the free throw line. For the Clippers, for the first time ever, they had three players score 30 points during the game. Uh, Paul George had 32 points. Uh, Montrez Harrell had 34 points. And Lou Williams had 32 points to round off the scoring for the Clippers, who upped their record to 26-12. And and the New York Knicks record fell to 10-26. The Memphis Grizzlies traveled to Phoenix to play the Suns and won 121-114. The Memphis Grizzlies were paced by Valanchunas with 30 points. Jackson Jr. had 15 points. D. Brooks had 19 points. And Ja Morant had 13 points and 7 assists for the winners. For the Phoenix Suns, Devin Booker dropped in 40 points. He was 13 of 20 from the field and 13 of 14 from the free throw line. Uh, Obrey Jr. had 17 points. And DeAndre Ayton had 14 points. For the Phoenix Suns. The Minnesota Timberwolves traveled to the Cleveland Cavaliers and won 118-103. The Minnesota Timberwolves were paced by Gorgie Dang's 22 points, Shabazz Napier 
poured in 21 points. Anthony Wiggins had 15, and Robert Coverton also had 15, while Jay Culliver rounded off the scoring with 14 points. And for the Cavaliers, uh, Sexton had 19 points, Garland had 14 points, uh, Osman had 7, Henson had 7, and Porter Jr. had 6 points as he had to leave the game early because of an injury. The Trailblazers traveled to the Heat and they lost 122 to 111. Uh, the Trailblazers were paced by Damian Lillard's 34 points. He was 11 to 22 from the field, 6 to 12 from three point range. Hassan Whiteside had 21 points and 18 rebounds. Carmelo Anthony had 11 points. He was only 3 of 11 shooting from the field. And Simmons, their shooting guard, had 19 points coming off the bench. For the Heat, they were paced by uh, Gorgon Dragic's 29 points. And Abadeos, their center, he had 20 points. Uh, Jones Jr. had 19 points. And none, their shooting guard, had 14 points. And for the Detroit Pistons, who traveled to the Lakers, I'm sorry, the Lakers traveled to Detroit. Uh, they won 106 to 99. The Lakers were paced by Anthony Davis, 24 points. He was 7 of 16 shooting. And LeBron James had 21 points. He was 10 of 21 shooting. And Caruso for the Lakers coming off the bench had 13 points. For the Detroit Pistons, they were paced by Derrick Rose. What a resurgent uh, season he's having. He had 28 points. He was 8 of 19 from the field and 10 for 10 from the free throw line. And um, Drummond, he had 12 points, 18 rebounds. What a monster on the boards. And Galloway had 13 points also for the Los Angeles Lakers. That was Sunday night's games. Uh, Tonight's games, there's a bunch of games on tonight. Um, We got the Thunder at the 76ers uh, tonight at 7 o'clock. We got the Pacers at the Charlotte Hornets. That's at 7. Celtics at Wizards. That's also at 7 o'clock. The Brooklyn Nets travel to Orlando. Um, that starts at 7 o'clock as well. These are all mostly East Coast games. The Denver Nuggets travel to Atlanta to play the Hawks. The Jazz visit New Orleans to play the Pelicans. Milwaukee takes a trip down to Texas to face off with the Spurs. Chicago Bulls are in Dallas. And the Golden State Warriors are playing against the Sacramento Kings in Sacramento. In other NBA news... Lakers guard Avery Bradley sprains his ankle. Um, Lakers guard Avery Bradley left Sunday's 106-99 win against the Detroit Pistons late in the second quarter due to a sprained right ankle and did not return. Bradley fell on the floor after rolling his ankle on a fast break opportunity and had to be helped to the locker room. He underwent x-rays on the ankle, which came back negative per the Lakers. Coach Frank Vogel said Bradley wanted to come back in the game, but was limping. Vogel said the team hopes to know more about the injury on Monday. Hopefully it's not too bad, said Vogel, uh, Vogel said. He felt like he could come back, but he was limping He was limping pretty significantly. So we will see how it responds tomorrow night, and I'm sure we'll do more testing on it tomorrow. In other NBA news, uh, Portis Jr. of the 
Kevin Portis Jr. of the Cleveland Cavaliers is expected to miss two weeks because of a sprained left knee, the team announced Monday. Porter suffered the injury on Sunday night's loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves. His knee buckled awkwardly in the third quarter when he tried to change directions and he had to be helped to the locker room. The Cavaliers said Porter will be reevaluated in about two weeks. Porter, the 30th overall pick in the draft, is averaging 8.5 points and 3.3 rebounds per game this season. In other NBA news, as we just spoke about uh, the Los Angeles Lakers beating the Detroit Pistons, it had been almost 20 years since the NBA team blocked 20 shots in a game until the Los Angeles Lakers swatted everything in sight for their 106-99 win over the Detroit Pistons on Sunday night at Staples Center. L.A. came into the night leading the league with 7.1 blocks per game, and Anthony Davis eclipsed that mark all by himself, registering a season-high eight rejections. JaVale McGee had six blocks, and Dwight Howard, five blocks, also put up season highs in the category. I mean, I think it's just an unbelievable feat, a remarkable feat. Dwight, JaVale, and A.D., they just make it easy on us, LeBron James said. To know that you have that safety net behind you, it's a heck of a luxury. It became a laborious night for the Pistons as the Lakers blocked 25.6% of their shot attempts, 20 of 78, making it the highest percentage of black shots in the game since blocks became an official statistic in 1973 to 1974, according to research by the Elias Sports Bureau. Another action, Doc Rivers has decided to concede power to Pat Beverly like he did Rajon Rondo and Chris Paul when they both played for Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers' greatest success has come with quarterback-like point guards and Rajon Rondo and Chris Paul. Now the LA Clippers coach is beginning to put some exclusive trust in a third point guard, Patrick Beverly. After the Clippers made franchise history with three players scoring 30 or more in a game and outlasting the Knicks 135-132, Rivers revealed he has begun the process of handing over more of the team's offensive play calling to Beverly. Rivers has been giving Beverly his play sheet, something he has done with just two other point guards in his 20-plus seasons as head coach. We're doing a lot of things. We're giving him a play sheet before, and we leave it out so he can stare at them during every timeout, Rivers said. You can see him grabbing it, and he's really trying to do this and be good at it. I've done it to two guards where I've actually given them my play sheet. You know, Chris and Rondo. Other than that, I don't give anybody else that sheet because they can't handle it, you know? And we're starting to slowly add things to that sheet for Pat, and he's getting better and better at it. It's been very good for him. And that's a direct quote from Doc Rivers. Beverly, who was in his eighth season and third with Rivers and the Clippers, returned Sunday from a three-game absence with a sprained right wrist and had six points, six assists, and five rebounds with no turnovers. With Beverly back on the court, Montrez Harrell, 34 points, Paul George, 32 points, and Lou Williams, 32 points, became the first trio of Clippers to score 30 or more points in the same game. While the Clippers while the Clippers struggled badly on defense, allowing a total of 272 points in back-to-back home games against the Memphis Grizzlies and Knicks, Rivers liked what he saw offensively Sunday. The coach credited Beverly for calling a good game like a catcher in baseball. Rivers said it's something that hasn't happened and something that is needed. Well, that is the end of Sports Jam's NBA 
NBA Jam session. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> that is the end of our segment. I hope you enjoyed all the NBA news. This is Keith Johnson, and this is Sports Fans Only NBA Jam Session. We will be back on Thursday. So until then, you guys take care and enjoy the rest of the show. And here's some more music for you. Take care. Welcome back to Sports Fans Only. In this segment, we want to talk about Vince Carter becoming the first NBA player to appear in four decades. In August, Vince Carter made history when he agreed to a one-year contract to return to the Atlanta Hawks to play his 22nd season, surpassing the members of the prestigious 21-season club. And if you had to guess, Sean, who would be the one, two, three, four players? Just off the top of your head, you're probably not. You know, you might get them. There's four players who played 21 seasons, and he just broke their record. Can you name the four? Mm. I have one, and I can't – honestly, you stumped me with that one. Can I name four players who played at least at least 20 years? 20, there's, there's four players that played at least 21 seasons. Okay, Kareem, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Nope. Okay, uh, this was a role player. Can't think who it was. Um, did AC Green? Nope. He got to be close though. Uh, I'm stumped. Give me, give me, oh, give me. Oh, only one player is a role player. The rest of them were big time. Two of them are Hall of Famers, and one is close to being a Hall of Famer. Is he all of them? All right, I'll give you one. I'll give Dominic you the role. Wilkins? Nope. Hey, I'll give you the the role player. Um. T-Rex arms. You know what I'm talking about? Willis. Yeah, Kevin Willis. He played 21 (laughs) seasons. (laughs) Oh, no. I got to be professional. He said T-Rex arms. If we're going to get little little tidbits, I like this game. I love this game. All right. Um, The other one is a – yeah, I'm going to give you some hints to see if you get it. The other one is a – Actually, two of them are power forward slash hybrid center Hall mm. of Famers. Hall of Famers, power forward slash hybrid centers. Moses Malone? Actually, they're centers that are hybrid for power forward. I say it like that. Moses Malone? Nope. They're more recent, within the last 20 years. I can't. Ewan? No. I, I give up. Kevin Garnett is one. Okay. He played 21 seasons. Dirk Nowinski played 21 seasons. Oh, how could I forget that? And and Robert Parrish played 21 seasons. Oh, yeah, you're right. He was on the Bulls team. Yeah, he was on the Bulls when they won that championship. Question. Out the blue, where's Dirk? Is he hurt? Because he hasn't officially retired. I think he's he's definitely not playing right now. Yeah, he, I think I just I just don't think he's playing. I don't think nobody signed him. Like I think his contract was up. I just don't think nobody picked him up. So he and he did. He's kind of like Ray Allen right now. 
He's a free yeah. agent, but nobody's picking him up type of thing. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, just wanted to hop back, hop on, back on to what we were talking about. Yeah, Dang, yeah. So, so I didn't. Hmm. I would have. How would I not guess those people? Kevin Garnett for sure. And and I just don't see it. I love T Rex arms. I knew who that was. Kevin Willis. I have no idea how he rebounded the way he did with those arms. Yeah, yo, his arms were so short. Like they were tiny. Like he had he was like six eight, right? Six seven, six eight. Yeah, probably taller than that. <laughs> yeah, probably them little ass arms didn't even come past his waist. I don't know how that but anyway. <laughs> yeah, I can't I, think I, it. Oh, I, I can't think it. I want to put this Vince Carter thing into context for our listeners. So there's 36 players who have played at least one minute in the NBA this season were born after Carter made his NBA debut, including how many, how many 30, there's 36 players who have played at least one minute in the NBA this season who were born after Carter made his NBA debut. So 36 players basically, there's 36 players that weren't even born, you know, before draft night uh, when he was about to get drafted to the NBA. And wow. That, and one of them includes uh, Dallas Mavericks. Luka, Luka Doncic was not alive when uh, Vince Carter first started his NBA career, which is crazy. Um, what else is there? Yeah, that's about it. I thought there was more little tidbits, but uh, that's about all the tidbits that I see. So that, that's I, amazing. It's amazing. I mean, he touched four decades, which is crazy. So he played in. Uh, he started with Toronto. He went to the New Jersey Nets. From the Nets, he went to the. You know, you're gonna have to help me out now. He he started bouncing around after the Nets. Uh, where the hell did he go? He went. He was everywhere. He was with Memphis. He was with Nets. Man, Atlanta uh, twice. He back with them again. Uh, yep. Dallas, Dallas, uh, uh, Sacramento, uh, Sacramento. Oh, uh, you know what's amazing about Vince? He's everything that Carmelo Anthony isn't, and he draws comparisons and parallels to me of Dominique Wilkins. That he was a superstar his first eight years plus in the league had an injury, reinvented himself, and came back enough to be able to get work in the NBA and be an above-average player and continue to have these many years. Let me um, go ahead and do what you got to do. I'm about to see how many years Dominique Wilkins played. Yeah, look that up, and while you're at it, I want you to also – and actually, I can do this too, but you also can do it um, – He's. I know he's way up there on the three point, the all time three point list. You wouldn't think people like Vince Carter, uh, Jason Kidd. Um, there's a couple of other people in there that you would not think should be in the top top ten all time for uh, three point shooting, but they are because either they lost a step, they got hurt, or whatever. And like Sean said, they had to reinvent themselves. So. They decided to work on other parts of their game. But, um, yeah, Vince Carter became a prolific three-point shooter. And when it's all said and done, his name is going to be all throughout the uh, record books of the uh, NBA just because he played so long. I think he's even in the top, like, 20 all-time in scoring, which is mm. crazy. But, um, yeah, to me, he was the closest thing to Jordan. It's just that 
I'm outside of Kobe. Kobe was the closest thing to Jordan. But if you take Kobe out, I think Vince Carter, and I'm, I'm trying to stop and think. But, yeah, I would say he would have had to have been the closest thing to Jordan outside of Kobe. Wouldn't, would you say that? Or would you, is there somebody else that you think? Well, <laughs> he was on that. No, he, it's him. He was on that level. He actually had the world shook up about him. He was actually at one point, because I was at the beginning of Jordan's fairy tale, you know, life, and we were still wondering what he was going to become. So, you know, you had your Harold Miners. You had a few Jordan wannabes, uh, proclaimed self-Jordan, next Jordan people. But Vince Carter was actually the real deal that when he came out, he jumped higher. He had flashier dunks. He had flashier in-game dunks than Jordan ever could dream of. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. He jumped over that guy in the Olympics. Oh, yeah. Put his, put his arm into the basketball goal and hung from his elbow. <laughs> like, he had some stuff that it was like, wow, this was in college. I remember he went baseline and dunked on one of those Duke guys. But he just ain't dunk on him. He actually, like, rocked the cradle and dunked on him backwards off the baseline. Oh, yeah. So I have to go with you. Like, yeah, he's, he's the best. He was the best. He was even better at Jordan at dunking and in-game dunks. You know? Yeah. He's the greatest all-time dunker to me. In-game dunker. To me, he's the best in-game dunker of all time. I, I, it's to tie between him and Dominique Wilkins, but I, I give it to uh, Vince Carter just because I like shorter guys who can – not like he was super short. He was still 6'6". But I like the way it looks better when somebody 6'6 is doing all that stuff Dominique Wilkins was doing but in a uh, smaller body. but Yeah, Dominique played – He was let me see, he was selected to the All-Star game nine consecutive years. Amazing. From 86 to 94, he was selected. He played 12 seasons with the uh, Hawks. He tore that Achilles, which was – he's the first guy, the beginning of players realizing that you can't come back off the Achilles. Before then, it was gone. I grew up saying, my dad saying, you see that at the back of your ankle, boy? That little thing right there? He was like, you, that's your Achilles. You rip that, you're done. That's how my dad actually ended his high school career. My dad had promise. My dad had a few looks from JUCOs and from uh, Division Ones. But um, that summer, while he was deciding on what to do and go to school, because back then it was either in New Orleans, you go hit the waters and work. With your, with your grandfather or your dad on the waters, what they call the wharf, which is yeah. called an oil hand decker. So that's when you're pulling the port with the products, the people that's taking it off. You start there young and you work your way up until you become a foreman and then you're running your own little squad, which my dad finally made it to being a crane operator. But while he was deciding, he um, was playing football with some of the young kids in, in uh, on the street in New Orleans. He uh, went for the ball, ran knee first into the fire hydrant, and while twisting out of that, he ripped his Achilles. And that's oh, what ended my dad's basketball career. So he always told me, long story short, I come from an era where when you rip that, you're done. Dominique Wilkins was the first person to actually come back from that injury. And he actually came back and led the league in not scoring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He led the league in scoring for your Spurs right before Duncan them came. So he played, right. seven, he played 17 years. That's right. That's right. That's right.
Um, wow, I didn't know that. I totally forgot he went to the Spurs. I mean, I knew he was there, but I totally forgot he was there. Yeah, right before Duncan. Did he didn't play with Robin when Robin was there? Did he? Uh, that would have been the Rotman. That would have been the because Robin was only the there for one year. I think. I think he was only there for one year. Maybe. Dominique? No, 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 Dennis Rodman. Is in the, with yeah, the he was there for one year, two years. So, yeah, he would have missed out on him, but he did play with David. That's right. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I didn't know if you guys knew that uh, Vince Carter is number six on the all-time uh, three-point list. So it goes Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, Steph Curry, Kyle Korver, Jason Terry, then Vince Carter. Then you have Jamal Crawford, James Harden, Paul Pierce, Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd actually dropped like five spots over the last few years, basically because oh, of the way that uh, they play now. Yeah, I know because of Cor- Curry, Corver, Carter, Crawford, and Harden all jumped over him. He was at number five like a couple years ago, <laughs> and now, that says a lot about what I spoke on earlier. It proves what I was saying that those, mm, let's say, ninety percent of those threes came post injury, pre injury. Vince Carter could not shoot. No, nah, he wasn't a shooter. I mean, he didn't have to shoot. He didn't even really have that great of a mid-game. He was just – he would get to the hole at will, basically. And, and that, now, was, that if, was – If Carmelo can see what Vince did, why can't he? I don't know. We're not going to harp on Melo. We just did it last week. But it just goes to show you two type of players come in nearly roughly the same time. No, no, no. Vince was way before him, but nearly kind of the same player, same stature, you know, but – both superstars is what I'm going to say. Not the yeah. same stature, but both were superstars in a tough NBA league. And both lost their skills due to injury. And not so much injury with with the Anthony, but he started to get older and didn't know how to change. What I'm saying is Vince was able to adapt and say, I still want to play. Anthony says, no, I'm not going to adapt. I'm just as good as I was the first day I walked into the league. So if any lesson can come out of this is if something don't go your way with the way you're trying to do it the first time, you can always tweak it no matter what it is in life and come back and still be serviceable to someone. Vince, and for some reason, tell me this. Do you think he choose those teams that aren't winning teams, or do you think he – just say, I don't want to go on a – since I'm not a star, I don't want to go still shine from somebody. I hear sometimes he say he want to teach the young guys, but I'm pretty sure that's not why all the time he's gone to a team that's kind of not that good, right? Why do you think he go to teams that aren't that good? Um, I think he goes to a team where he knows he's going to get some playing time. Because if he uh, goes to one of those really good teams, he's, his playing time is going to be like, – like say, for instance, if he, if he was on the Lakers right now, he wouldn't get no playing time. I mean, he wouldn't – he would very, very rarely get in the game. So – because I think his defense has suffered a lot too. That's another thing. He's still – he's a serviceable offensive weapon off the bench, but his defense is pretty god-awful. I, I was watching the game. People can pretty much get around him anytime they feel like it. But, you know, I mean, he's 40, 40-something years old, so what do you expect? But – um. One thing about Vince Carter, I want the young kids and even the adults to to, uh, recognize, you can't teach hard work. This dude, when he was in middle school, he did 500 calf raises every single day 
and he never stopped. And that's why he was able. People think it was just a God-given talent. No, he. this man was, as soon as he would wake up, he would do those calf raises. He would do them with weights, and he would do them every single day, 500 of them. And he did that all throughout college into the NBA. That's why he was able to jump out the roof. So if you, you know, young kids, if you want to dunk like that, it takes a lot of hard work. Most people, I'm sure there's some freaks out there that can do it, but most people can't jump like that unless you put lots and lots of work into it. So I just want to let everybody know that Vince Carter was a hard worker, and that translated, just like Sean said, later in his career, he continued to work hard at shooting and, you know, other little uh, things in his game to get better, to continue to stay in the NBA. So definitely want to salute uh, Vince Carter for all the hard work he's put in and all the entertainment he has given us over the years. But um, I definitely want to uh, end this segment. We don't want to stretch it out too long. Um, you got anything else you want to say, Sean, before we get out of here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got uh, three words to say. Uh Russell Wilson slide. We are the G-O-D's And we came to rob the spot Like Iron Man stars They be the illest MCs in the world today Cabaret, Quan, and the RZA so listen to them clear and put the box right near your ear. Light your blunts and down your beers. Cause you can never fuck with moods and killer bees. Say peace to cats who rock Mac knowledge, knowledge is street astrologers, light up the mic, guard knives, it's fly joints, the character points, Cabola, Motorola, Hola, play it guard, he pack over the shoulder, chrome tanks, play it like Yanks, check the franchise, front on my guys, my enterprise, flash many lives, repel on fakes like reflectors, he has sugar in his ear in his last crack career, we can can him, manhandle him, if you wanna, run in his cribbo, get ditto, skate like a limo, and jet to the fly state, relate, take a break, break down the eighth and then wait, drop it like Drake, thug. They be bowing and screwing We canoe and claim they doing the same shit we doing Fuck the union, it's the same style Where's the trainer boy, jump the turnstile On the alley, try to challenge guard for the new bounce Especially that, aluminum bat in the act Relax, lay back, sell a grenade a day It pays black, the Mac 10 flex White cats like Windex, index Finger be sore, busting these fly scrap The Wally camp count, crazily grins But wild plans, laying with my bitches and my mans And Lex lands, we losing them Jet to the stash and now Jerusalem Abusing them, rocking his jewels like we using them Low pro star Seven thick waves rock polar Roll with the older guard Build with the sun and the stars
I'm the match, bear my baseball hat Doing forever shit like pissing out the window on turnpikes Robbing niggas for levis like swiping on dirt bike Bushy metal like Von Harper, radio barber Murder sleep away camp, the fly lady champ The arsonist who burn with his pen regardless Slaying all these earthlings and fake foreigners In the Philippines, pick up rubies, bubbling strings Buy a chemical cream, we burn kerosene The conviction of my tape is rape wicked like Nixon Blonde heads inscriptions with three sixes And kiss the pyramid, experiment with high explosive I slap box with Jesus, lick shots at Joseph Zooming like binoculars, the rap blacksmith Money's Rolex was rockless, chef rack top spotless I'm Iron Man, no decast metal, I'm still alloy True identity hitting this side, chick with tabloids Brief oxygen, both sides of my jaw carry oxygen They track it like cabangas in hundred wide boxes No jostling, these cats while little JP Dallian Sip our response out of we Dallians Skills, top secret technique. Too hard for you to peep in and keep it. Take style of rap and watch a knock on slang sweeper. Out of order, take the quarter, can't record my slaughter. Spoil the rotten donna, too good to be forgotten. Hot top notch, borderline rhymes, it's Hancock 96. My ill sound class is still high. Get yourself shot.
tattoos. Come all you want to. Money, I'ma front you. Girl, I wanna flaunt you. I'ma always want you when nobody wants you. If I die now, my love will still haunt you. Mace ain't the one that'll pay for your phone. Mace be the one that'll take you home. Even though I'm not the one that gave you the stones on your days alone. I can make you moan. Everybody know I got more bounce than an ounce. Bad boy, get more money than you can count. Why I'm buying things you can't even pronounce. I do it to you, cat, for a large amount. And when the beef come, you know where to be found. Why I be around till the winner is announced. Then you go, girl, with thousands in your palm. Why you can't let bygones be bygones? Where do I go? What must I do if I can't live? I hope everyone enjoyed the show. This has been Keith Johnson with his co-host, Sean Mack, and this is Sports Fans Only.